Hi, I'm Aria Evans, the Artistic Director of Political Movement, a dance theater company that makes work from a social and political lens. This is The D Word, and we are back for a bonus episode. This season, the theme is activism, and we want to investigate how the dance sector is leading social change. After three rich and thoughtful conversations with Raven Wings, Susie Burpee, and Ruth Dare, covering the topics of representation, caregiving, and reclamation, we are here today with Dana Rosales. Dana is a Toronto-based, cis-queer millennial, second-generation Canadian Filipinets, a daughter, a dada, a sister, a sis, a mother of two little humans, the house of Siriano mother, and an artist in which her work encompasses interdisciplinary performance, performing, choreography, collaboration, teaching, and active community participation and organization. Dana, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be sharing space with you. Thanks for having me. Um, also, I wanted to um, also add to that. Please. That, um, I'm the Toronto chapter house mother of yeah. the House of Siriano. So my my overall mother is Mother Miyoko Siriano. So she's the overall mother of the whole house because the our house has two chapters in Toronto and Montreal. Amazing. So I know you grew up in Toronto. How did you first find your way into the Kiki ballroom scene? I was first introduced to Vogue, the dance form, uh, through Simba. And uh, he was a, a grade ahead of me. And we were all dance majors in high school. And during our times off, during like lunch recess or after school, we'd just storm the studios and just put on music. And Simba would be voguing and voguing in the hallways. And we'd be me, myself and my my best friend, Amaya, we'd be like, what is that? We were so interested and and Simba would share with us and also choreograph on us and threw in dips and catwalks. And, you know, we were just learning. And around this time, it was around, you know, 2006, 2007, when ballroom was first being brought to Canada through the Pioneer 7 and through his children. And so Simba was part of that first kind of original group with Vixen, with Snoopy, Twisted and and more. So we learned Vogue that way. And then also Snoopy was the first person to invite me to a ball. And that was during my my second year at School of TDT. And it was after our, our choreographic workshop or something or some sort of show. I can't remember. And we all kind of just stormed. It was at the Harborfront Center. And a lot of us walked um, that first ball. And I walked to hairography and I won a trophy. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was just like a really wonderful moment to go right after and for Snoopy to invite us to, you know, the world that he he belongs to and to invite us and bring us into that space. And so that was kind of my introduction to ballroom and my first active decision to walk a ball. I was pretty young and also a new mom and not being um, out and out at the clubs and dancing and whatnot. But, you know, YouTube was a huge thing back then. And so myself and my friends were just obsessing over the icon, Laomi, and um, just watching her videos over and over and just in awe of what, what she was doing. And so the times that I could go to balls, then I would walk. I remember the first ball that I walked um, performance. Cause I was like, I want to Vogue and, and, um, and whatnot was for uh, Snoopy's birthday. He had a birthday wow. ball. And, um, I remember that my, 
my final battle was against uh, Twisted, who is my house father. And of course he ate me. And like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just like, I'm just doing this for Snoopy. Like, happy birthday. And it was so sweet. I remember Twisted giving me the the little uh, Snoopy grand prize trophy. <laughs> or folks who like have no reference to the people that you're talking about, where could they find information or like look up like Snoopy and Twisted? Yes. I mean, um, first of all, they are... Canadian legends yeah. of the scene. You could follow Twisted at Mr. Maple Leaf and then Snoopy, it's with a Z underscore Snoopy, I believe. And then Vixen um, at Irv Washington. Yeah. And those three were, you know, those three are like, kind of like my butch queen mothers who taught me how to Vogue and like showed me the way and really taught me about what ballroom was about and brought me into the scene and made me feel in this space whenever I would come to the functions and and whatnot and see me and hear me and it's, they're so lovely. In your introduction, I introduced you as a cis queer millennial second generation Canadian <laughs> Philippine X human being. <laughs> All of these things. <laughs> uh, well, how does your identity tie into the work that you do? Oh, that, and then that makes me question, like, what kind of work do I do? <laughs> yeah, your community organizing, your performance work, your yeah. choreographic work, your right caregiver yeah. work. Like first, first and foremost, when I when I think about like working and doing things and accomplishing things and functioning and duties and roles, like the first thing mm -hmm. that comes to to my mind is me being a mother. Yeah, and um, so that's like first and foremost on my brain and. Um, always trying to just operate from a caregiving perspective and a caregiving position. Yeah. Um, so that translates into being like a house mother and, you know, caring for my house members and my kids and Baldwin brothers and sisters and my family. And so um, because they are my chosen family, yeah. like I, I approach every interaction or, you know, organizing from a place of from a place of love and care, because at the end of the day, it is, is community and we all need each other. And so when I get go into the realm of like creating work or getting into the studio, my my um, awareness is is um, it, like, it surrounds like working with my family. So, you know, and creating something that's fun or creating something that we're all on page with and feel strongly and similarly about. So it is really about the inclusion and and just having fun and celebrating one another and our similarities and what brings us together and also celebrating the differences, what makes us so unique and special. One of the things that I love about hearing you speak is like how your passion comes through and specifically like the 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 passion around organizing, the passion around community, and you are the incoming co-chair of the Toronto Kiki Ballroom Alliance. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what that organization does? Yes. So um, I am still onboarding and this is a very brand new role and um, a big seat and big shoes to fill, which I'm very humbled, really. And um, the TKBA, the Toronto Kiki Ballroom Alliance. Uh, the co-founders are, uh, again, my house father, Twisted, um, uh, Vixen, and uh, TKO, um, yeah. the legends of our scene, and 
like basically like the parents of Canada and Canadians ballroom scene. And that was a step. The TKBA was established in 2010 and it was formed uh, really for um, the focus of the community or the the Kiki community. Yeah. So usually surrounding around the youth and serving the the black, queer, people of color, youth um, in the ballroom scene. So um I'm, I'm still learning as, as, uh, I'm onboarding and I also have, I am a co-chair. So the other co-chair is Alaska, who is Nate Ford and, um, the previous chair before us is TKO. And so we're learning from TKO what it means to really show up for community, take care, how to navigate and serve and, um, provide and create more space and protect one another, but also nurture one another. So there's a lot of organizing in terms of now there's roles, there's community engagement, community development, yeah. there's so I'm I'm still learning all these things. So right now I'm focusing on just being open and listening and yeah. learning and asking questions. And you know, for me, I'm I still am a guest in the space in the ballroom community. So I really acknowledge the space that was created for me, even yeah. though uh, you know, it was specifically made by the Black and, and um, Latinx community that are queer and trans. And so as a cis woman, I I really come to the space and like reverence to the community who built it. I also see you as somebody who like expands people's understanding of the Kiki Ballroom scene outside of those communities, which I think is huge. And in that realm, for somebody who has never attended a ball before... What can they expect? <laughs> <laughs> expect the unexpected. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, I would, I would say, expect a lot of energy, mm -hmm. um, a lot of passion, a lot of drama and um, emotions and feelings and creativity and fashion and competition and confrontation and you know, a little bit of like, oh my gosh, are people going to fight? Like, mm. or, you know, obviously we, we want everybody to feel um, safe in the space and we don't. But healthy competition. Healthy competition yeah. is what, you know, especially for the Kiki scene, we really want to encourage like healthy competition and leaving it on the floor, mm. you know? So um, you can expect a judges panel yep. um, that's curated or chosen, um, because they have the experience to judge and what they have to offer and what they see is, you know, really, really respectable. And a commentator, a DJ, you, you could expect to see spectators. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. It's mm -hmm. overstimulating. It's exciting. Um, fashion, creativity, um, just so much life, really. So, so much life. It sounds like a really beautiful way to celebrate um, and I'm curious, inside of that celebration, you've you've talked about how like a ball is a way to reclaim identity, is a way to express yourself. How for you does the Kiki Ballroom scene speak to social issues? <laughs> big question. It is a big question. And um, I don't want to speak from a place that I... I'm not in a place to speak on, yeah. you know, but um, like for me, like bodies are very political. Yeah. And so, you know, just existing 
mm-hmm. <laughs> is political, especially in like heteronormative spaces and yeah. as, you know, queer bodies, as colored bodies, as black bodies, as trans bodies, as queer bodies. So like for me, like ballroom was ballroom is the first space where I really experience like, whoa, people are coming as they are, mm. like fully as they are. And like no one's really saying anything to them or like taking that away from them. And that strength behind, you know, the identity yeah. is so powerful. And then to exist in 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 yourself, but outside of ballroom, like that's so inspiring, especially when there's so many things. Because ballroom was created during a time where like you literally like it's illegal for you to exist and the way that you are. So, you know, I, it it makes me speechless to try to comprehend that kind of way of living back then. And so, you know, all the respect to to the ones before and paving the way at, at the same time. So. Yeah, and putting a little bit of focus onto the history of the ball scene, you know, hearing you speak about how these forms of expression are an outlet to express rage, they're a place to celebrate and reaffirm identity, to say what you need to say, to like reclaim sentiments that society has used to diminish people. Like, where do you see the evolution of ballroom going in these current times? Where do I see it? I mean, currently, um, we're seeing it really emerge in the mainstream yeah, and pop culture. Shout out Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> but Or like, you know, legendary pose. Like now yeah. there's TV shows. Now there's... Now, because everybody would re- like um, reference Paris is Burning as the only kind of yeah. media that shows ballroom and, you know, that... And, and and RuPaul and but now like there are more entry points into ballroom in the mainstream spaces. Mm. However, with ballroom, it's an underground scene. Yeah. So there, there I find that a lot of people are still really trying to um, maintain the authenticity mm. of ballroom and the the undergroundedness of it. Yeah. And um, you know, you know, but so many things are pulling it in different directions and mm-hmm. creating more avenues of of entry points to experience ballroom in different ways. So some are in like institutions now teaching and um, in studios and now like more movies and in commercials and, you know, so it's really, it's really interesting. And I mean, there is a responsibility when carrying ballroom in the history and um, yeah, I mean, I remember having a conversation with you about like contemporary dance forums and how like that basically means the the thing that is happening now, like the thing that is yeah. happening in the moment. And it's really interesting when we when we place like Kiki Ball in the moment and how it is intertwining with um, like social media and the media and mainstream mainstream avenues, I find 
I often question what are the natural progressions of evolution when it comes mm-hmm. to dance forms. So what I a mean, time. I mean, it comes down to like literally being at the functions. Like this yeah. is like the heart of it, of where it happens and where community gathers and participates. And it really is like with, especially for Kiki scene, like it is really about the community and engaging with one another and walking these categories that are written up by people in the community. So it's like, yeah, yeah, this is where it happens. This is where it begins. This is, you know, being part of it. And um, yeah. And then it grows with the people that are involved. Yeah. So like right now, like there's a new, new wave. We call them the Fort Yorkies. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Cause we would, uh, we, we uh, the TKBA is having like TKBA drop-ins at Fort York. Amazing. And so just like seeing new, the new generation come in, you know, we had like the the first chapter of the AGOs and the second chapter at the AGO. And then the scene grows because it's like, oh, yeah, like this is a new generation. So, you know, what do they bring? What can we also teach? And there's new houses. So, you know, how do we how do we just exchange and share? My last question is about the tension between community and competition, which you touched on earlier. Can you speak to how you navigate this through your choreographic work and in community? Ooh, <laughs> I know <laughs> it's juicy. No, that's a good. It's a good question. I was thinking about this. Um, competition is always like a big topic. Yeah, like a really big topic, and what it does psychologically, emotionally, physically, like it does a lot of things. And um, so in different street styles and competitions, like I would notice with house or whacking or locking or all styles or these, these dance competitions, the way that it's structured is that, you know, if there's two people battling, one person would have time to do their thing, say what they need to say, and then it would be the next person. And kind of like take turns and then, you know, who kind of wins that battle or wins that argument or wins that thing. (laughs) Right. But then the difference with like with ballroom, Mm -hmm. the battles, it's happening at the same time. Like it is like head on confrontation. Like you cannot escape. You you literally cannot back down. Like ballroom Mm -hmm. is not for the not for the weak. (laughs) But, you know, like to build up that courage to face confrontation. Um, takes a lot. And, you know, um, my father always like says when people are on the floor, like, you know, encourage, like it, it takes bravery. It takes courage to be on the floor and to walk, to walk a ball in front of like so many people and then to be judged by a panel. Like it, you know, utmost respect to people putting themselves out there. So back to the point <laughs> with battles, like it's happening at the same time. So with Vogue performance face, like that confrontation is always there and it's happening. It's happening live. Yeah. It's, it's an instant duet really. I think like how yeah. I see it through like a contemporary lens coming from like a, that kind of background. So I mean, with community, it's like uh, with my house as a house mother, like we try to just like keep it on the floor, keep it yeah. on the floor you know, whatever you're feeling, that expression, that outlet for rage, for, you know, how you're feeling, you know, taking it out on the floor, not projected onto the the actual person itself, but it's in the context of a battle. Like, you know, you want to overcome what you're going through or, you know, just get it out and channel it through expression and performance, no matter what category it is. Yeah, yeah. And I like, 
what's interesting inside of that is the relationship of like holding community and competition while also being somebody who centers care and yeah. like this idea of like being a mother, but also being like a mother. Like the, to me, there's a, a really clear relationship to those two things that I'm just hearing you speak about for the first time, which is really interesting. Like the balance of mm-hmm. the the art form that is an expression and then like how you care for people Mm-hmm. outside of that and inside of that because at the end of the day like you know like when you're on the floor battling like that's we're, there's like sayings like that's not your girlfriend that's not like you know mm-hmm. like where we have to kind of disassociate from like you're battling like mm-hmm. you know but then once the battle is over you hug your sister you like kiss her you you know yeah. you know because at the end of the day we're community we're going to be seeing each other at the functions you know we don't want we don't want conflict or beef like that to yeah. you know fester because we're all existing in this in this community together so but you know what's really wonderful about ballroom as well is that tension does exist yeah and we have to acknowledge it and we have to live with it and you know it's also that responsibility of house leaders and just the community of how we keep each other safe but still exists with tension yeah and um and some conflict or you know and that's you know, <laughs> I hear that the the saying is it's ballroom, it's ballroom. Yeah, like the heightened emotions, the anger, the it is ballroom. It's yeah. a lot of emotion and and all those things. And um, I think bringing it back to the question of uh, how it kind of surrounds the work yeah. of what I'm doing. Um, when I when I watch when I watch these balls and and participate, engage and. It's like, it's basically sports, you know, the competition and analyzing and watching, watching these superhumans just do all these things and express with, with their bodies. Like, um, and the fact that it's just like live improvisation, Mm. um, but then with like pressure up against it, you know, and sometimes it's pressure from self or it's pressure from the other person or it's pressure from, you know, other things of other factors like the spectators or the judges or, you know, proving yourself. Um, it's really, it's so fascinating to, it's, it's different every single time. Every ball is different. There might be a different DJ. There might be a different commentator. And so to see regular walkers come and like um, respond or to see how they are that day, like it's, it's such a beautiful thing. So, I mean, in my work, I'm trying to see how I can, balance that but also you know still honor the fact that it's like it is improvisation and honoring like your capacity in that day and what you're feeling and what you're going through and bringing that like authenticity out is very brave and honest um especially you know with dance there's like heavy choreography or structures or scores or you know like um it's really nice to see just like straight feeling being expressed through the body again. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of interesting things that that come from 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 the ballroom artists that I know. And, you know, being an artist myself, I'm like, where can we take this? What more can we say? You know, this thing of live choreographing, live instant decision-making um, in relationship to music, in relationship to a commentator, in relationship to other bodies in the space while riding the same beat or the same, you know, how does it translate onto our bodies differently? So there's a lot of things that I'm interested in and it's always just so beautiful to see. 
And I can't wait to see all of those questions come to life through your work. Yeah, so many questions. Ways, no, but that's, that's what we're doing, right? Like, that's why we're here. It's to ask, to ask these questions and to have people help us find our way through them, whether we come to an answer or not. Yeah. It's really exciting. And I think you're doing really incredible work. Uh, Salamat for being here today. I appreciate that. With me. And uh, where can our listeners, our (laughs) listeners, find you on social media? Um, On social media, you can find me at rdana. That's our show. The D Word is presented by Dance Made in Canada, a contemporary dance festival featuring Canadian dance artists who possess unique artistic visions and come from all cultural backgrounds. The D Word is produced by Gracewell Smith and Sam Hale. Our editor and composer is Jamar Powell. Dance Made in Canada's co-festival directors are Janelle Rainville and Jeff Morris. Yvonne Ng is the artistic director and also co-festival director. And I'm your host, Aria Evans. Thank you to Canadian Heritage, the Canada Council for the Arts, Ontario Arts Council, and Toronto Arts Council for making the D word possible. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to rate and review. Thank you for listening to season two of The D Word. This is our bonus episode. Shout out to my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Kuya. Hi, my babies. And shout out to the house of Siriano. Siriano. Woo! Thank you. Walalin. Salamat. Nyawa. Bye.